0: Come
1: on.
0: Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grombacher and the time is right. Welcome today's guest, the strong and powerful Mike Angelucci. Mike, are you ready to do this? Let's do it, George. Excellent. Let's do this. Mike is an N.B.A., a certified financial planner, and is the president of Angelucci Wealth Management, an independent fee-only financial planning and advisory firm. I'm excited to have you on. Mike, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why it is that you do
1: what you do. I I kind of transitioned to, I didn't kind of, I did transition to being a hourly fee-only certified financial planner about mid-career. And I evolved into that over time. I uh, graduated from the University of Buffalo with a BA in economics, MBA in corporate finance, Uh, worked seven years in banking, 15 years as a CFO for a, a large nonprofit in the Buffalo area. And uh, through that whole period of time, I was always interested in personal finance and investing. And I was a guy who you know, would start with, with my degree, my credentials, people would start asking me, Mike, what do I do here? What do I do with my investments? And uh, being a, a, a guy that was schooled and in index funds are efficient, keeping your fees low, I, I would become outraged uh, at what I would see when I'd start talking to people. So I said, mm, I, gotta, I gotta help change the world and um, studied for my CFP, uh, became a certified financial planner and um, moved into a financial planning career. And going down this road, when I was building the the practice, I said, well, what model allows me to be an advisor for people? I wanted to be people's or my client's personal uh, CFO, the personal chief financial officer. I didn't want to sell them product. Uh, I wanted them to call me with whatever type of financial I- issue they had. So what I did, I, I kind of looked around uh, at, at what the models were out there. Some people are, are known as fee-based advisors. Those are folks that, uh, advisors that can earn commissions and ongoing fees off of the products they recommend. And then there's fee-only advisors that don't take any sort of commission or fees off products they recommend. There's a lot of rules and guidance around being a, a fee-only And then even in the fee-only community, uh, people can uh, charge what are called assets under management. So they'll charge a percentage of the money they're working on for you, but they'll also act as your financial planner. Uh, I felt that the industry was changing. How could I charge somebody 1% of their money when I was saying buy index funds and hold, right? Right. Buy and hold. And, um, you know, that's the best thing you can do. That was everything that I, I studied, I understood. And... So I said, being hourly was what other professionals did. You know, you look at doctors, lawyers, accountants, they don't say, well, you've got a net worth of a million dollars, you can work with me for $10,000 a year. No, you need your attorney, you need your CPA, they charge you, you need your doctor, they charge you uh, on an hourly rate uh, for the services they provide. I mean, even... um, Think about the industry and, and where it's gone over the years, um, and it's evolving. So it's it's a it's a new it's a new profession, and um, I think we're going to see a lot of different changes. So that's that's uh, the story on the different types of fees that are out there, George. I chose hourly just because I thought it was the model that would allow me to best serve clients in a unbiased, an unbiased manner as possible.
0: Got it. Nice and. Your, your clients obviously like the model because you're still doing it. So is, was, was, <laughs> was it a big adjustment? Um, because there's probably not a lot of people that were doing that.
1: No, no. And it, it's grown, um, very naturally over, uh, the last 10 years. I, I opened Angelo Wealth Management 10 years ago. Uh, I started it part time. So that allowed me to build the, the business based on the values that, that I thought were important. That was, that was hourly, but, um, I don't do any marketing. Clients are happy. They refer their friends and family to me, and it continues to grow. And it allows young people to work with me for a few hours a year, keep them on track, do a financial plan for them, meet with them once a year every other year. And it's something um, that's affordable for them, and they've got a trusted financial guy in their corner.
0: I always, I'm always curious because the industry has seen – so much fee compression and, and the changes mm-hmm. to to how financial people are paid and I've always been of the mind that I want to be really clear in, in how much I'm compensated and how I get paid and I think that people really like that. But it seems like the industry is just is has resisted that so greatly, so
1: well, I, I think that's uh, a lot I think the resistance is there because people have legacy costs. I mean, if you built your business on mm. selling product and that's how you're getting paid, how do you transition away from that? How do you tell your clients, oh, you know we're gonna go to an hourly. You haven't written me a check in the last twenty years, but now I'm gonna start sending you an invoice uh it's It's tough for people that have that. I didn't have those legacy costs coming to the business i was I was a blank slate and could start building the practice from that.
0: Got it, okay. So we were talking a, a little bit before the show started about sort of the three stages that, that you talk about people go through in their financial lives. Talk a little bit about that
1: if you would. Yeah, absolutely. I look at financial lives, I look at the fact that there's three stages, at least through my experience in work with the, working with clients over the last 10 years. And I call it, um, they say there's an accumulation stage, there's a preparation stage, and there's a decumulation stage. Uh, And and I'll touch on each one of those. The accumulation stage is usually people in their 20s after they get out of college until five years before retirement. And in this stage, uh, it it can be uh, very simple for people. It's simple, but not easy. And the number one objective for people uh, in that stage is really save. And you need to save at least 15 percent of your earnings and not get into what i call unsecured debt you know it does no good to say 15 percent a month but you're racking up 15 percent increase in your credit card bills every month right, uh, right. This, so um but it, and and even if you can't do it right away you know the lesson always is or the advice always is try to get there if it means you can only do eight percent this year next year when you get a raise put in another percent or two but you got to get it to 15 percent. most people in their 20s, 30s, and 40s, don't have access to pension funds, and they're going to need that savings to uh, live live on when they when they get to retirement age. Yeah,
0: I think that that's a people should not be discouraged, like you said, that if you can't do 15% right now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't do anything at all. You can make incremental growth towards 15%. It makes way more sense to start with one or five or eight, um, and then eventually get to 15.
1: So. Exactly. You had Pete the planner on a a couple episodes ago, and and he was saying everybody needs to get to uh, get to a million dollars. And and that's that's a fair assessment. I I would say maybe even more for people in their 20s and 30s, because they're Mm going to have longer life expectancies. We're already seeing life expectancies go beyond, you know, 80, 82. Uh, People in their 20s may live to 100, 105, and they're going to need money to last that long. Yeah. And the the other piece of advice I give to people is, uh, you know, you can work with somebody like me, uh, meet with me once a year or every other year, somebody that's keeping you on course, keeping you at task. And it doesn't have to be complicated. Invest in Target Day Retirement Funds in your 401k and, you know, lean on somebody like me if, if you get scared or worried at times. So. That's, that's for the accumulation phase. And I, I, I will actually throw out another plug for a um, piece of advice on that. And, and for young people, I've been telling them to uh, spend an hour and read William Bernstein's If You Can. Uh, William Bernstein is a uh, neurologist who, well, probably over 20 years ago, decided to figure things out for himself. And he's become one of the uh, great authors and uh, financial advisors out there for people. And If You Can is designed for millennials. And basically, uh, he gives an overview of some of the things I just said and then some other reading sources. But you can find that uh, online if you Google, if you can, William Bernstein, and download a PDF copy of that. So I I give that to all young people to read when I start working with them.
0: Nice. You said he was a heart surgeon? A neurologist. A neurologist.
1: Yeah. Smart guy. He wrote The Four Pillars of Investing, The Intelligent uh, um, Asset Allocator, and um, he's co-authored some other things uh, with other people great brilliant guy and um the the four pillars of investing is another big book that i often recommend people that really want to do a deep dive excellent then you know we talk about the next stage i see with people is the preparation stage and that's usually you know you're running into five years or less before uh, you're planning on retirement and that's really uh, when you should be sitting with somebody and doing a full-blown financial plan and um, the reason why because you want to know do I have enough saved is it realistic that I'm going to retire at 63 or 65 based on how I want to live my life and what my expenses are uh, when when should I take social security and all those things will play into how your money's allocated somebody that uh, may want to retire in a year or two and are Going to decide to delay Social Security, will want to have a nice cash bucket. They want to have a nice cash reserve so that um, they have money that's going to be available for them as they get into uh, those first few years of retirement. But for everybody, it's different. You've got to start looking at those things to see if really what you want to do is realistic. And again, you know, spending um, uh, some money and doing it with a financial planner, a fee-only financial planner, will help you. Uh, work through some of those issues, and and a big thing I see with people in that stage, and also in the decumulation stage, is you got to start turning your mindset from one of maximizing return with your money to minimizing your risk with your money, uh, and that gets back to what I said before: looking at hey, what are your cash flows going to be in the next few years, especially as you hit retirement? Uh, you don't want to be all in stocks, and so many people that have been good savers and um, been been aggressively trying to grow their nest egg. Are used to equities and comfortable with that, and then all of a sudden you tell them, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna move more to bonds and to cash because that's safe." That's that's a different way of looking at the world uh, for them. And I've really found with some people that's that's a switch they need to flip. Got so it. those are those are the prep. That's that's the preparation stage. But as far as the decum- decumulation stage, that really is the most complex. At least I found with people, you've got a lot of issues that that you're working with. One. Uh, as I just mentioned, is, is how do we make our money last for 30, 40 years into retirement? Uh, especially if you don't have a pension, you just have Social Security, you're living on your nest egg, how do we make this money last? And there's different strategies around doing that. Some people annuitize some of it. Some people uh, will do what's called a safe withdrawal strategy. Other people will do uh, a bucket portfolio. And it all depends on what people have, uh, what their spending is going to be. And um, uh, and and you go from there, Uh, there, there's issues like um, Medicare, uh, making that Medicare decision every year or at least looking at your options can save you a thousand dollars a year per person in in retirement. Uh, The Medicare plans uh, change year to year. So you need to look at that. Uh, You need to look at, you know, what are your estate issues? And uh, some people worry about uh, long term care issues. And so, you know, how are we structuring things to protect? Uh, your assets uh, for the potential of uh, a huge drawdown uh, if you need long-term care. So those are a lot of the issues that that come into play, uh, especially when you're in, de- in the decumulation phase.
0: That is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to leave money to your kids or charity right. and everything else,
1: so exactly. And and, and everybody's different. It's it's funny because clients will say, "Well, what do you think about this?" or "What do you think about that?" and my initial answer is that it always it depends because everyone's situation is, is different. Some people, you know, have a very uh, hard and fast goal. I'm going to leave each one of my kids X dollars. Other people say I'm going to go to the grave uh, with not a dollar left in the bank. So uh, everyone's different. Everyone has different goals. And I think that's the beauty of the being an independent, kind of circling back to that a little bit. So much of the industry for years has been about um Moving the client into products versus finding the products and services that meet the client's needs And I think when you're independent and you're not working for a a warehouse or a brokerage firm or some or an insurance agency You can uh, holistically look at your clients needs and and bring in uh, The products and services that that uh, will meet their goals and help them achieve their goals.
0: Yeah, well, that certainly makes sense and I, I think that we all hate to tell people that it depends because it almost sounds like a throwaway, but it does. There's just too many variables to say, oh, it's, the answer is A, B, or C. So pick one. It, does, it doesn't exactly. work that way. So. One
1: of the things it's 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 uh, – I'll tell people all the time it's about uh, – one thing we got to learn, it's about trade-offs. And uh, I use a software product called Money Guide Pro. It's um, – the number one software used by independents and it does a really nice job of laying out all the variables and allows you to work with clients and adjust those, um, you know, different variables that affect the outcome, you know, should I work longer, do I need to spend less, uh, should I, do I need to be saving more when you're in the accumulation phase, so um, it always depends and it's about making those trade-offs in life to, to make the plan work for you.
0: Right. and fundamentally you have to have money saved to be able to do financial planning so <laughs> it's, it's 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 a good thing when you're meeting with your clients and you're able to adjust the plan and say okay we have more money to save or we need to cut back a little bit in this area how can we how can we actually make that work and you have the ability to do that for your clients and you mentioned how it's so important to be meeting with an advisor of some type at least once a year if not if not more frequently and that's depending on what the client situation is but there's an accountability function there and just checking up on that what's what's changed because we're not getting any younger and we don't have that much time so we need to stay on top of this stuff
1: exactly and and we know that managing client behavior really is the best thing a client a, a customer a customer an advisor can do for their client uh, they uh, people uh, have animal instincts. They, you know, they see something they want to buy, so then they don't save as much. Mm-hmm. Um, Carl Richards, who uh, does the drawings for the New York Times, uh, he does the little napkin drawings. He's got a great uh, drawing that shows uh, a bar, and uh, on one on the one side of the bar is you, and the other side of the bar is the big mistake, and and inside the bar is your advisor. So your mm-hmm. advisor. X is the wall between you and the big mistake, and and I really love that. And we do know from behavioral uh, finance that that people always don't make the most sound decisions when it comes to uh, their finances, especially when markets go crazy and uh, they need somebody there to hold their hand, somebody that understands markets and um, will keep them calm. And then when, even when markets are calm, you need somebody to make sure you're staying to the plan. Are you saving? Remember, if we don't save, this is you're going to have to work five more years, uh, those kind of things.
0: So much stuff. And it's tough for individuals to stay on top of that. And like you said, our, our brains are not helping us in that process all, no, a lot of the no time. <laughs> <laughs> so excellent. Well, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? I thought a little bit
1: about this. I, I end all my emails um, with a quote from Descartes. It says, when it is not in our power to determine what is true, we ought to follow what is most probable. And I think people want black and white in the financial world. We want to believe that the right guy, the right product will solve all our problems and, and, and then we can walk away. But uh, it will serve a person well to think in terms of probabilities. There's no sure thing. What's the decision that's going to give me the most probability of success in my financial life? Well,
0: that is great stuff. I think that that definitely gets a come on. Come on. So thank you so much for that, Michael. Well, Michael, thanks for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn
1: more about you? People can find me at my website at awmfinancial.com. And uh, I've got a website and I've got a blog that I occasionally Uh, blog on and um, there's all the information they need there excellent well Savage Nation if you enjoyed this as much as I did
0: show Mike your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas thank you again Mike thanks George and until next time keep fighting the good fight because we're all in this together what's up Savage Nation please support the show by subscribing leave us a review and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it come on